We're going live with a special edition of Locked On Sooners, where you share your thoughts with us on Oklahoma's loss to TCU, what we're looking forward to with Texas, and really where does Oklahoma go from here, and how important is this game in the big scheme of things for Brent Venables and the Oklahoma Sooners? We'll get it started here in just one second. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. I'm John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. And Josh, we're a few days removed from the TCU loss. We're a few days out from the Red River Showdown. Just kind of just get us started here. What is your overall impression of the Oklahoma Sooners as we sit here Tuesday? 10 o'clock p.m. <laughs> well, my overall impression is not quite as much as uh, Mr. Norwooding over there in the comments section. I, I'm not I'm not ready to say that Texas is going to win this thing 63 to 7, but my overall thoughts on Oklahoma are probably like yours and pretty much everybody else in Sooner Nation's thoughts. I'm concerned, man. I don't like what I've seen so far from Oklahoma these last couple of weeks. I loved, uh, loved the cruise control that it looked like Oklahoma was on, you know, through UTEP, Kent State, and then obviously through Nebraska. But these last two weeks, the defensive problems that have sprung up here, it's frustrating, man. It's, uh, it's what we've seen for the better part of a decade plus now at Oklahoma. And these, quite frankly, the last two weeks, not that we haven't seen performances like this, but, you know, stacked up back-to-back – John, right now, this is as bad as it's been for Oklahoma defensively. So I guess uh, long story short, to bring that all back full circle, I'm concerned, man. Concerned like everybody else. I want to see OU win uh, this OU Texas game, but I'm, I mean, come on. I mean, no way confident about it. Yeah, it's, it's an odd place to be as an Oklahoma fan. You know, like watching this team not really have an understanding of what they're trying to do defensively it's just shocking. Like this, this team had so many, and really over the last couple of weeks, so many busts defensively that it just, it's mind boggling, you know, like even when things weren't necessarily at their best under, you know, Mark Stoops under uh, Alex Grinch blanking on that dude that was here last time, it, it never felt as bad as it did against TCU and, and maybe, you know, against LSU in the 2019, um, Peach Bowl, I believe it was that one. Um, it, it was bad. It was absolutely bad for sure. Like watching Joe Burrow just continue to set records and on the Oklahoma defense. But then when TCU does it, it just feels a lot worse. And I don't know how it gets better from here. You know, Ted Roof talked in his press conference yesterday just about, you know, staying with what they're doing, continue to do the things that they're doing. Brent Venables talked about like, it's just discipline. It comes down to discipline. And I hope it's that simple. I really do because it's such a stark tr- contrast from what we saw the first three weeks of the season to what we've seen the last two weeks of the season from the defense that it, it seems like that is the simple thing is just guys being disciplined. 
at the same time, like, I'm not sure yet. I, I'm still like, the jury is out for, for this team for me. I need to see them prove something this Saturday on the field before I start having a little bit more confidence in what they can be down the road. Just, you know, going back to your remark there about uh, obviously what happened in the Peach Bowl uh, to end what the Jalen Hurts season in 2019. I mean, look, at the moment, it was such a clear indication of how far away Oklahoma was from winning a national championship, right? From winning Mm -hmm. a college football playoff game, from winning a national championship. And that sucked and that stung and it was frustrating because here again, you lured yourself into this belief that, okay, there's this renewed sense of uh, urgency and all these different positives that Jalen Hurts brought to the Sooners to begin that season. And yet you go and get embarrassed in that peach bowl, right? Well, looking back on it, you can, you can kind of justify the thing and say, you know what? Okay. Well, Burroughs clearly turning into one of the new stars in the national football league. You look at all of the different wide receivers that were on that LSU team. It was on a national championship type setting. It wasn't for, the college football playoff national championship, but it was against a team that went and frankly, John was historic offensively uh, in this current era, really in any era of college football. So you can justify that, right? You can rationalize that defensive performance. What you can't rationalize, at least right now where we stand today, and we've kicked it around this week, are Kansas State and TCU. Is there a possibility even that those two are the two best teams in the Big 12? I'll say that there's a possibility, but I'm not ready to go there yet. And, oh, by the way, I don't think either one of these two teams, Kansas State or TCU, is winning a national championship like that LSU team did. So to think that, you know, you had a similar defensive performance against a team and and bust the way that you had bust in that TCU game against an opponent that isn't as good as some of the opponents that have done this to you in the past, I mean, sound the alarm, right? I'm trying to be optimistic here. I think that there is still a chance if they can – find a way to get anywhere close back to just the, the sacks, the, the TFLs that we had early this season. I think, you know, the fix number one, like we've talked about, John, get out of this three man front, man. Just if, if, whether it's too complicated or, you know, you think that it fits your personnel best, it clearly is not working. So you got to do something different, go back to something else. And Brent Venables talked a little bit about that today and, and what they're trying to do. I can't remember who asked the question about, you know, they've installed a whole new defensive scheme. Would it have been better to try and keep some of the elements from last year's uh, defense, which I kind of thought it was a bit of a ridiculous question. Um, Cause of course the, the guy that has won national championships is going to come in and install his scheme. But the thing that Brent Venables mentioned was that they they're running a multiple defense one that's going to be able to run four and three man fronts one that's going to be able to function in base sets four three base three fours function in nickels they're going to be able to deploy a lot of different types of defensive looks the problem that you run into when you when you have a defense that's going to be that it's not there yet it's going to be that is that it can create a little bit of chaos a little bit of communication if you're running you know odd looks a lot if you're running you know three down linemen two linebackers a bunch of defensive backs it can kind of create some what we've seen some communication issues some misunderstandings of what somebody's responsibility is to be in the defense and i think that's going to take time i i feel like i've seen this at the the nfl level as well um you know mike nolan the dallas cowboys defensive coordinator just a couple years not 
Yeah, maybe it was Mike Nolan. Uh, the guy before Dan Quinn came in, was going to install this multiple defense. It was going to create some exotic looks, keep offenses you know, off balance. Nobody seemed to understand what they were doing defensively for the Dallas Cowboys. They, gave, they were terrible, and he was gone within a year. They brought in Dan Quinn, got a little bit more simple, got aggressive, but I think it just takes time. You know, if you're going to run a defensive front or a defense that is going to provide multiple looks to an offense, then it, it takes time to get that installed and get everybody on the same page. And then when you're down guys like Billy Bowman, it hurts your secondary quite a bit. As we saw just the, the awareness, the, the mental makeup that that guy seems to have is just huge for this defense. Yeah. The leaps that he's taken, man, you, you almost feel like, similarly to Dylan Gabriel offensively, which we can kick that around tonight and see what Sooner Nation is thinking. Uh, you know, his health first and foremost being the most important. You know, I get it's the OU Texas game, but, you know, somebody coming off a concussion, you you need a clear concussion protocol. You don't rush somebody back out of that. We know enough about, uh, you know, health and safety there to, to not do that in today's day and age of football. But, you know, the – way that you feel about maybe you can't win this game minus Dylan Gabriel. I almost kind of feel that way about Billy Bowman right now defensively. I mean, it looks like each and every week it's getting more and more pronounced that the contribution that, that he's made to this defense, you, you got to have him if you want to be successful now in the rest of the season. So we'll see, man. I, you know, it's OU Texas. So I do expect Oklahoma, I'm, you know, maybe this is just the OU Texas rivalry in me speaking here but i i expect oklahoma to come out and at least the first couple of drives play inspired right i mean i think that's the number one thing i want to see and let's uh you know let's carry this over into our next segment here the number one thing that we each want to see in this football game that's coming up next let me real quick just tell you that uh the podcast tonight it's brought to you by betonline.net your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and your sports info this season you can find all of the latest NFL developments, college football developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, all of that, and more, including uh, this week's the, the game slate. You can find it at betonline.net, your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, live betting, esports, scores, and more. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Number one thing I want to see in this game, John, is simple. Play like you care to be in this OU Texas game and show up like you're not already be. I do worry a little bit about the fact of if it turns into the Davis Bevel show, right? If Dylan Gabriel doesn't pass the concussion protocol, if you start Davis Bevel, you know, psychologically, I mean, guys are going to say the right thing in a public media setting, John, but the, the, the folks in that locker room, do you think that they're going to be encouraged with Davis Bevel trotting out there in the Cotton Bowl? So whether he is or not, don't show up to the Cotton Bowl beat and play the first couple of series like you can win this game. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, whether Gabriel plays or it's Davis Bevel or one of the other quarterbacks, I think a lot of it's just going to come down to the defense. What does the defense do to keep this team in the game? Because... I mean, I don't know if we've seen everything that Davis Bevel is capable of. I'll I'll allow for there to be much better play than what we saw on Saturday against TCU. But if that's what we were going to get, then the defense has got to have to have a great game 
for Oklahoma to stay in this one. They're capable of it. We saw it against Nebraska. Now Texas is a much better team than Nebraska. And it's a weird situation. That's the one thing that people keep pointing to in the, in the replies on YouTube on the yesterday's episode is that, Hey, it's red river showdown. Anything can happen. It's a weird game. I just, that doesn't give me a lot of confidence. You know, if you're looking to, it's a weird game, anything can happen. Then to me, you don't really have a whole lot going for you. So the defense, they have to rebound. Like it starts and ends with them. No matter what the offense does, if the defense does not come to play on Saturday against Texas, it's going to be another route. Like the offense could, could be better. They could be better than they were against TCU, put up 25 points. But if the defense doesn't improve, it's not going to matter. It really is not. And so that's that's where some of my biggest concern lies is with how well the defense plays. Because to me, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is if the defense isn't better than what it was on Saturday. Because they're not going to be able to score 60 points regardless. And the defense is going to kind of be on the field a bunch, keeping the offense off the field, keeping them out of a rhythm. And we've seen that this team offensively needs to be in a rhythm to function at its best. Looking at some of y'all and what you're you're saying over here on the YouTube side of things, um, man, I, I'm curious about Ethan Downs myself. Like this is a guy that I think everybody is really excited to see play, and he hasn't really performed to the level of the hype, similar to a lot of the guys on the defensive side of the ball and the unit as a whole. Uh, but I could I could even say that about my guy Marcus Stripling. Like I was really expecting big things out of Marcus Stripling coming into this season, and I don't feel like he's lived up to those expectations. Some of it is playing time. He just hasn't earned a big, healthy amount of snaps. Injury, he's part of a rotation. I think, I think he's been doing with a nagging injury too, John. That okay. slowed him down a little bit. But even from the word go, I'm with you. I mean, it's been disappointing, injury or not, for Marcus Stripling, especially coming off of that Alamo Bowl, man. But carry on. Well, and I was going to say, that, you know, somebody else mentioned that Woody Washington just it doesn't look like the same player. And yeah, I'm, I'm surprised by that as well. I thought Woody Washington would, would take a step this year and become a, a cornerback that would look like a top 100 pick in the 2022 or 2023 NFL draft, but I haven't seen that yet. I mean, in the, the short times that he's been challenged this year, he hasn't lived up to that billing as your, your cornerback one on your team. Um, he's got a lot of improving to do. And this week he's get getting the, the biggest test that he might face all season, definitely that he's faced to this point in Xavier worthy. And I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. I still have a, an image burned into my memory from last year of Xavier worthy making Latrell McCutcheon basically stand on his head. Like literally there's a picture over at Sooners wire. I've got it in my, in my archives over there, Latrell McCutcheon on his head, as Xavier Worthy is scoring a touchdown. I don't know if you guys are going to be able to read this, but quick hook is what I've written down there, and I probably should have held that up there a little bit longer. Don't, ignore that score from last week, but quick hook. <laughs> um, you know, you, that's the first thing that came to mind when you said Woody Washington. I just don't know if this week or really going forward for Oklahoma, I mean, all options to me have to be on the table, and that's why I've spent a lot of this week talking about to me, if if the coaching staff knows that or has a good inkling that Dylan Gabriel's not passing concussion protocol, John, then I'm sorry. Prepare like Nick Evers is going to take snaps in this game 
prepare like he's going to start this football game. I don't want to hear, oh, he's a freshman. I mean, you don't want to ruin him for the rest of his career. Are you kidding me? This guy comes to Oklahoma as a four-star signee. He's played in big games in his past. We just saw last year a true freshman quarterback win this game for Oklahoma. So the whole, oh, he's a true freshman, stop it. All options for Oklahoma. Quick hook, have it on the table. All options should be on the table for Oklahoma in this game. I was laughing earlier. I thought Nate already had, and, and I love all these comments. We need to just start rifling through some. I love the comment that Nate had on there. I'm not confident. That's why I said anything can happen yesterday. That's like frame that for this week. That's every Oklahoma fan's mindset. Not really that confident, but hey, anything can happen. It's OU Texas. Yeah, I mean, it really could. Um, it's it's odd to me, like that. That's the 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 place where we find the confidence is that it's anything can happen. OU Texas, but. That's just kind of what it's come to. It's like we got to hope that the weird things happen or that this team just really rebounds and and, and responds and plays really, really well. I, I just need to see it. Um, if you're joining us here on, on YouTube Live, make sure you're subscribed to the show so you can drop a comment in there as well. Um, we're getting some great thoughts from people. You know, um, One person says Nick, Nick Evers should start, and I think that would be a really bold, um, a bold selection for your quarterback making his first start in the red river showdown, but Hey, anything could happen. I mean, Caleb Williams got significant playing time. In the red river showdown came and had a great game. Um, buoyed a little bit by Marvin Mims and his fantastic performance. So why not, man, if, if you're not liking what you see out of Davis bevel, you know, going into the weekend, who can just go with whatever you feel best with. If it's, you know, the true freshman quarterback and you think his athleticism gives you the best chance to win, then by all means, just roll with it. And let's all just, you know, have a little bit of grace for, for the kid, if he ends up playing and for anybody, any, cause going into that environment, making your first collegiate start is going to be a tough task for anybody. Now on the other side of the football, Hudson card, Quinn, Ewers will also be making their first or first uh, start in the red river showdown. So that could make a big difference for them as well. So, uh, I I agree, Chad Littlefield, that you know Bevels was a statue that couldn't make a decision. I was sitting there kind of screaming internally because I didn't want to you know startle my kids that he needed to get rid of the football because he just stood there at times. And you're like, what are you doing? Move the football. Uh, but I often scream that at the uh, the TV in my mind. So um, yeah, Josh. So before we kind of go to the next segment, we just kind of talk about what we feel like Oklahoma might need to do to win. Um, a little bit more in depth than we did yesterday. Let me talk to you folks about Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the game or throughout the history of the Oklahoma Sooners. This week's thrilling moment, to me, it comes from last year's Red River Showdown. And we can talk about Caleb Williams and the great throws, but I'm going to talk about Marvin Mims making that diving catch along the sideline getting inside or just inside the pylon to get the touchdown to give the Oklahoma Sooners life in that big comeback against the Texas Longhorns. And also Kennedy Brooks, the two go ahead touchdown runs uh, in the fourth quarter, you know, first gets the lead. Texas responds with an Xavier worthy touchdown. Kennedy Brooks goes and gets the lead again because he's Kennedy Brooks. The guy just scores touchdowns. So those were my thrilling moments. So make sure that you are 
keep an eye on your thrilling moments for each week. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Hey, Josh, we're kind of starting to look into the Red River Showdown. Do you? What do you think is is going to be kind of the way forward? Like we talked about running the football yesterday. That's going to have to be key, but as a passing attack, what are they going to, what are they going to be able to do? What's going to be their best way to kind of make hay offensively through the air? Well, I mean, I think it kind of depends on who's the trigger man for Oklahoma. If it's Dylan Gabriel, then everything's on the table, right? If it's not, and you know, it's Davis Bevel or general booty, or Nick Evers, or any combination of those three. We, we know that those three are getting snaps uh, this week. If it's if it's that, then, I mean, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid, right? I mean, li- little easy bootleg underneath, uh, you know, crossing, drag route, flat route, uh, something. You know, I, I don't know what these quarterbacks are most comfortable throwing, but the coaching staff, Jeff Levy and company, they probably have a pretty good pulse, right, on which quarterback sort of does what well. Which, which route with which receiver this quarterback likes. So, I mean, that's what you got to iron down. And these next couple of days here, that's what I think probably if you're not going to have Dylan Gabriel in this game, you got to have a good idea, right, of what, you know, your scripted 20, 25 plays, those first couple of drives, what maybe that can look like for you and where you can find some success. Because, look, if there's no Dylan Gabriel, just the way that this team will respond – both offensively and defensively, man. You know, defensively, you're – I don't even know if we can say that you're hanging by a thread right now. You've kind of already been pushed off the cliff a little bit. But, uh, you know, defensively, if you're already kind of in that place, man, you'd love to have something offensively that you can really kind of rally around and feel positive about. So that's why I think, you know, both sides of the football starting drives are so key defensively in this game, John. If you could get a takeaway early, get to – I think it's going to be Quinn Ewers that plays quarterback for Texas in this game. If you can get to Quinn Ewers, and whether it's Downs or Grimes, or you bring you know a jailhouse blitz and you get in and you rip that football out and all of a sudden Oklahoma's got it, then you know defensively maybe you can kind of roll a little bit in this game. I know we're kind of going into this thing expecting Texas to just roll it up on Oklahoma and go out there and score 45 or 50 or whatever, but – I kind of have an idea that Oklahoma's at least initially going to come out inspired defensively. Now, whether that translates to a bunch of stops, we'll see. But, you know, if you could just start positively both sides of the football, especially if you're playing with a backup quarterback, I think is going to be, uh, you know, wildly important for OU. Yeah, I love the idea for from some of these folks, uh, Norwooding, talking about using the triple option with uh, Bowens, Gavin Sawchuck a little bit, Javante Barnes. That could be a lot of fun. Um, you know, just come out and some trickeration, as uh, John Madden might say, just to get Texas on their heels a little bit. You know, just open the playbook up. We saw already the Braden Willis TD pass. Maybe line him up at quarterback just to throw things off, and you know, then run some uh, some belldozer package with him at quarterback, and just see what happens. Stranger things have happened. I mean, Arkansas, what about 10, 15 years ago, made their living running Wildcat. You know, for a whole season. You know, you could come out in one game. And, 
Yeah, with Darren McFadden and Felix granted, Jones. and you know, Granted, I don't know if you got Darren McFadden or Felix Jones on this roster right now, but I hear what you're saying. And I do think there's capable running backs and other guys that can kind of do some of that, John. Yeah, I think so. And then, you know, if you're if you're using Braden Willis, you got a little bit of a power element there to on the keeper. So I don't know, just a few ideas there for you, Jeff Levy. Um, you know, Norwooding says, I just don't know. Texas wouldn't know how to stop an all running offense. I mean, it's possible. The the Big 12, you know, they haven't seen probably a big running team just yet, aside from maybe Alabama. Um if it's Davis Bevel, you can go ahead and guarantee it's gonna be an all running offense. <laughs> Tell yeah. you that right now. Uh, Mark asks a really good question, and I, this is one that's kind of been popping in my mind a little bit this week. He says, is next year a DG versus Evers versus Arnold battle? Dan, Dylan Gabriel versus Nick Evers versus Jackson Arnold. Who would be the betting favorite for you? Okay, if you're asking me right now today, I would say Dylan Gabriel. But that is dependent upon – does Evers play in this game, right? And if he plays well, then, I mean, I don't think it's off the table, John, that we're talking about Evers being Oklahoma's starting quarterback going into next week versus Kansas if he's a hero in this game. So, you know, not knowing the answer to that question or whether or not he's even going to play at all, it's kind of hard to answer. I would lean Dylan Gabriel right now. The, the other thing that would work against Gabriel, John, is just if he plays poorly the rest of the season. If he plays poorly the rest of the season, then – you know, I think all three of those options are on the table. And, I mean, like some of you guys are saying, I mean, look, I get it. Jackson Arnold's coming in, man, and he's a dual-threat guy, and he's a five-star quarterback for a reason. So, you know, regardless of if Gabriel's good or if Ever's good the rest of the season, Arnold's going to have a chance, I think, to win this job regardless. Yeah, I think that's the, the intriguing thing about Jackson Arnold is that there's nothing that's going to stop him except himself from potentially winning the quarterback job next year. It would not surprise me to see Dylan Gabriel go into the NFL, um, even though I don't necessarily consider him a high prospect. You don't necessarily have to be to get a job and, and be a longtime you know, contributor as a backup in the NFL. Uh, but if he doesn't have a, a strong finish to the season, it wouldn't surprise me to see him come back for one more year either. Um, I, Yeah, I think where the quarterback situation for me sits – is that, you know, Bevel, I mean, he showed some good things in Pitt's bowl game against Michigan State. Uh, was kind of up and down. Doesn't have a high yards per attempt um, for his career. Only averages like six, you know, six yards per attempt for his career, which isn't great. Um, but, you know, completes a, a decent amount of his passes, 62%. You know, if we're talking about the positive things, the guy's got a strong arm. You know, he's got a strong arm. He's a tall guy. He's not athletic. So, you know, Jeff Levy, just remove that part from your playbook. Let's not try to worry about the quarterback run game. If Davis Bevel is your starter, just let him sling it and just see what happens. Like come out with an aggressive game plan with Bevel and let him throw the ball downfield and just see if you can make some things happen and take, you know, take advantage of Texas possibly sleeping um, and, and sitting on what might be what they might be expecting to be a conservative game plan. You know, I think Oklahoma – for me, if if they roll the dice and give Evers a chance, right, clearly he's going to run better than either of the other two guys. So I'm just listening to you talk about the quarterback run game, and I'm with you. If it's Bevel, you're not going to do a lot of that. But, uh, you know, if, if it's Evers, you will. 
And to me, you know, that's obviously a one-man advantage for Oklahoma. The other thing I think you try and do if you're Oklahoma is, and follow me on this, simple deep shots, right? Like calculated deep shots to where you're not putting Evers early in a situation to where there's extra help over the top and that football is going to get picked off. Have him place it somewhere where that's not going to be the case. And, oh, by the way, learn from some of your own mistakes. I'm looking at you, Woody Washington, and put these Texas defensive backs in a situation to where they can grab and tug on a jersey a little bit. Some of those pass interference penalties, man, if you're talking about one of these quarterbacks, giving them a chance to settle in, it doesn't necessarily have to be a completion for Oklahoma. Test these Texas defensive backs. You're not going to win this game, to me, just lining up and handing the football off. I just don't see that being a realistic formula for OU. No, because it's hard to do that at any point, you know, anymore in football. You can't just run, you know, 50 times and then expect to win the game. You have to have some balance. You have to be able to threaten a team with a deep ball. Even even if you do throw the ball a bunch, you've got to be able to test people downfield, get to stretch the field a little bit because otherwise they can sit within 10 yards and take everything away underneath and then focus on your running game. If you can't get the ball down the field even a little bit or threaten them even a little bit, you don't have to complete every pass down the field, but you got to be able to threaten them a little bit. Then it's going to make everything so much more difficult for your offense. You're not going to be able to get the short stuff working. That's that's what we ran into last year with this team, right? Is they couldn't get anything going down the field. Teams were taking it away and either they were trying to force it downfield or they were too inconsistent and then teams were able to start sitting on the the short area passes. That's what Oklahoma is going to have to do. I I feel like you open up the same way you've opened up several times this season with a deep ball to Marvin Mims and you just see what happens for better, for worse. And I like what you're saying about throwing it to an area of the field, throwing it to a situation where you're not necessarily going to get that double coverage. I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I think it's, you, you take a calculated risk with whoever the quarterback is. And I, I'm starting to think and I'm starting to lean that it's probably not going to be Dylan Gabriel um, just because I think he's might not be ready. Like he might not be out of the concussion protocol by that point. Um, and so you're just going to have to live and die with, with whoever is your quarterback and just hope for the best. So um, let's, let's go through a few more of these comments here. Uh Granite guy says Jalen Redmond's a stud. I agree. I feel like he's been probably one of your most consistent defensive linemen over the last couple of weeks. Um, good, uh, good week for him to remind us that he is an NFL talent on this defense. Like, John, if you had to give me three names on this defense that you're still, you know, convinced are going to be NFL guys, Jalen Redmond, who else? I mean, if we're talking about, do you, you know, feel that way about Jalen Redmond? Yeah, I think he could be an NFL guy. I think in in a right scheme, he's a guy that can be a one gap defensive tackle for for somebody. You know, he he hasn't had the great kind of season on season on season, but I mean, he led the team in sacks back in 2019. Uh, he he's a he's a guy that can produce for you. He's got great quickness, good athletic skills. I still have high expectations for him to be one of Oklahoma's better defenders and somebody that will potentially be in the NFL. I think at worst, he's a rotational defensive tackle in the league, but has an upside to be a starter. Um, anybody else though? Like 
I do think, you know, a guy like David Aguebu has got the size, um, a little bit of athleticism to be a rotational linebacker, a guy like Deshaun White, I think could, you know, be a special teams contributor for, for a lot of teams in the NFL. Um, you know, Justin Broyles, he's not necessarily the best safety, but I think he could be like a special teams ace for somebody in the league. Like just somebody who runs down on kick coverage, punt coverage, a guy like, um, I'm blanking on his name right now. CJ Goodwin for my Dallas Cowboys. The only reason he keeps getting contracts is because he's really, really good at special teams. Like he's been in the league forever. And the reason that he's with the Cowboys the last several seasons, he gets, he constantly gets jobs is because he's one of the best punt gunners in the league. And you can rely on him to do his job special teams wise. Justin Broyles could have that kind of role, but as far as like elite top tier talent on the defense, I don't see it yet. There's potential but it's not there yet. Um, I mean, I think a guy like Jaron Kanick, who, you know, several people have mentioned in the comments, I kind of blew up Twitter with the other day. Um, this is a guy that's got elite athleticism, re really great speed and needs to get on the field a little bit more than he has been the last couple of weeks. If you're looking for a, a spark, maybe Jaron Kanick is that guy, like someone who's going to bring you a bit of an edge to your team, someone who's willing to, to come to Oklahoma, whether the coaching staff wants him here or not, you know, somebody who's going to bring that same kind of like that Baker mentality, like, no, I'm coming, whether you like it or not. And you're going to have to put me on the field at some point, whether you like it or not, whether you think I'm ready or not, you got to get me on the field. And I, and I, that's a guy that I think has that NFL talent, NFL capabilities, but they got to put him on the field. I, uh, Again, it may be falling for the let's be optimistic for OU Texas. I hope there's a, an element of trying to keep a little bit of canic off tape. You know, the people talking about, and I, I don't know that this is a realistic option at all, but the people talking about, <laughs> you know, running the football more than Texas expects, right? I mean, somebody said Sawchuck earlier. Is there any chance? that Sawchuck gets a carry in this game and we just have no idea or see it coming, or he gets an end around carry because he's just got that track speed that we haven't seen yet. I mean, clearly that, like in terms of things that are not on tape, Gavin Sawchuck is not on tape for Oklahoma right now. It wouldn't it be exciting if this is, you know, in some capacity, a debut for Gavin Sawchuck. I mean, that's what I say when keep options on the table for Oklahoma this, this week, man, and this is its own episode that we probably need to spend a little bit more time on this week as it goes on. I know we're about to wrap things up here. This game, man, if if OU, I know that it's so filled with pessimism right now, but if OU can win this game, the whole season can flip on itself in a positive direction. The beginning of the Brent Venables era, all of a sudden, 2022, 2022 cannot be a lost season. So with that in mind, man, Dude, you got to take some chances to go win this game. So that's that is just my charge for Oklahoma this week. Go win, baby. Yeah, just win. I I hear what you know. This guy Starved Rock is saying playing a true freshman linebacker versus Bijan and Sark's RPO game would be a nightmare. But playing senior linebackers against Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn and Max Duggan and Kendry Miller was a nightmare too. So what am I asking for? I'm asking to put the guy that with the most athleticism, the dude that just rocked it in workouts all off season was great against Nebraska. I'm asking to put that guy in like this guy who has the upside, like again, just looking for a spark. 
I'm not saying you got to play him 100% of the snaps, but give him a chance. Like give him a shot to to be a difference maker for this team when everything else on the defense isn't really working out. I mean, we come back to Brent Venables talking about discipline. You have a guy that I I have not seen him make a lot of mental mistakes. He's been where he needed to be. And he's got the athleticism to cover that read option. Give him, give him a chance. Like if you want somebody out there that can roll with Bajan Robinson speed wise, Jaron Canick's your guy. I don't know. I don't know if Texas will run as much read option, just the straight run game, but um, I, I, you know, they will run a lot of RPO. So Oklahoma's going to be in conflict again this week. That's what's on tape. That's what's helping these, you know, these teams are finding success, putting Oklahoma in conflict, making them choose. And Oklahoma has been choosing wrong. Texas is going to do a lot of that this week. I don't think Quinn Ewers or Hudson Card. I've said this every week for the last several weeks now. No, I, no, don't, don't do it again. Don't do it. I can't help it. I don't think that they can run the ball as well as Max Dugan, oh, who I didn't no. think could run it as well oh, as Adrian no. Martinez. One of these weeks, I'm going to be right. The read option game, the quarterback run game won't, it'll be a, it'll be a thing. It'll be a factor. They'll use it and they'll try to make Oklahoma stop it. But I don't think they're going to be ripping off 70-yard runs, though, on, on, on Oklahoma's defense. I just don't think that's going to be the thing. So staying disciplined in an RPO game, making sure you key on you, know, you have your keys right because they're going to be efficient on this one. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Norwooding. You're going to you guys are never going to be able to let me live this down if if uh, Hudson Card or Quinn Ewers goes for 100 yards against the Oklahoma Sooners. I'll I'll just I'll eat my I'll eat my words on the next episode on on Sunday night if that is the case. But I don't know. I, I don't have a great feeling about this game. I don't know what to expect from Oklahoma. I'm in kind of wait and see mode, prove it mode a little bit. And so that's kind of where I'm at. I know y'all in the comment section, you kind of feel the same way for the most part. Several people are still a little bit optimistic. Um, congrats. I'm, I'm happy for you. I wish I had that same level of optimism. I normally do, but after what I've seen the last couple of weeks, it's hard for me to to find that Bishop Franklin, Dr. Newkirk Jr. says defensive and offensive trench warfare is an X factor. I completely agree with you. If this defensive front doesn't create some pressure and create some push in the run game, it's going to be a really, really long day for the Oklahoma Sooners. If the offensive line isn't going to be able to um, protect whoever the quarterback is, then it won't matter who the quarterback is because they're not going to be able to throw the ball. If they can't run the ball even a little bit, it's not going to be fun. Not even a little bit. Um, you know, Mark on Billy Bowman, they, you know, they're not giving up any, any injury update issues or, uh, you know, Brent Venables, he basically said, I'm not going to talk about injuries until we have hundred percent clarity, which I imagine won't come until Friday, which means we won't hear about it anything until Saturday. Um, Norwooding saying most of you insiders are saying Bowman is out. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, that, that's definitely a, a large, a great possibility. Um, I tend to kind of sit on the side of let's, let's see what happens on, on Saturday when they start um, warming up, you know, those guys that'll be in the press box, will will do the, the deep dive on who's dressed and who's not. And so we'll, we'll be able to find that out. Nothing, nothing better than some positivity with Ted roof to in the evening, right? Do we see Ted roof as more of a liability going into the future or is it too soon to tell? Um, no, Robert, it is not too soon to tell. And we could have, we had this debate when he was hired and everybody, oh, well, he's just here to install Brent Venable's defense. It was a terrible hire 
then. It is a disaster of a hire now. And if things go poorly this weekend, he's going to be the the head that rolls, I think, for Oklahoma. I don't think they'll wait until the end of the year to do that. But, hey, we're going to do this every Tuesday, by the way, going forward. I know everybody's jacked up about OU Texas. And, John, I know you got one more thing to say. But uh, just appreciate you guys. Do we have an official name? Is this Talk To Us Tuesday, Talk Back Tuesday? Whatever it is, Tuesdays we're doing live shows now and going forward just because, quite frankly, it's fun for us and we like hearing from you guys. Yeah, so one more question here We want to, I, I want to touch on because I think it's relevant to the quarterback conversation is from Oki Lawn Guy. And he says, do you think Oklahoma has dropped off big time in quarterback compared to what we've had in past years? Josh, you want to start with that one? Well, not compared to last season, really. I mean, last season was pretty uh, up and down. Even Caleb Williams was not altogether great versus the good teams on your schedule. But generally speaking, as compared to what you got from Baker, Kyler, Jalen, yes. No, this has not been as good as that. And, you know, I'm still optimistic that Dylan Gabriel can can give you something closer to what those guys gave you. I, I believe that it's there. I know he's had accuracy problems so far, but I still, I'm still bullish on what Dylan Gabriel for this team can be. Now, do I think Dylan Gabriel's win an Oklahoma national championship, even if they get the defense completely fixed, right? If you get a championship level defense, I, I don't know, right? I don't know if Dylan Gabriel is that guy, but he's certainly to me, John, the quality of quarterback that you could win the big 12 with. I still believe that. Yeah, I would. I believe that too. I, I think he kind of sits in that tier of quarterback that's, you know, maybe just a little bit better than Trevor Knight, not quite Landry Jones, you know, like he's not the Heisman winner. You might, I might even argue he might be as good as Spencer Rattler was for this team the last couple seasons. Um, you know, and then we're seeing what Caleb Williams is, has kind of become. Uh, so I think he's, I think he's a good quarterback and I don't think Oklahoma's quarterback um, capabilities or recruiting capabilities has dropped off at all. You get four-star Nick Evers. You got five-star Jackson Arnold coming. They're already the, the heavy favorite for Allen quarterback Michael Hawkins, um, the four-star out of uh, for the 2024 class. Um, and yeah, Norwooding Landon Jones looks like a star compared to DG. He he put up great great numbers. I still have burned memories or images burned into my my scalp of Landry Jones throwing off his back foot so often and it becoming that intercepted. Oklahoma State play in Stillwater where he just like lost the football. That's the one for me. But I loved Landry Jones. Landry Jones yeah. is the most unfairly scrutinized and hated Oklahoma quarterback in the program's history. So, I mean, yeah. Landry Jones was a good one. Yeah, not here to slander Landry. I'm not. I just – I also wanted to be fair to DG a little bit that like Landry Jones was great, but he also had his moments where he didn't look very good. Um, Mm -hmm. But he also came after Sam Bradford. So that it's also hard to judge, but also what came after Landry Jones, you know, I think we would have like, we probably appreciate Landry Jones a little bit more after, after what came after. So um, yeah, great questions. Y'all thank you so much for, for tuning in. Uh, Thanks so much for being a part of, of the show tonight. It's definitely a fun aspect of, of the week that we're going to begin doing, like Josh said, every Tuesday night. Uh, we might do it a little bit earlier next week. We'll just see how schedules work out. But definitely at least at 10 o'clock, uh, we'll, we'll be rolling every Tuesday night just to interact with you a little bit more and just have a little bit more fun here on the show, especially as things for uh, Oklahoma on the field aren't as fun. So uh, Red River Showdown's coming. Make sure you drop in your comment section at some point late 
later this week. Let us know your predictions. We'll give you ours uh, Thursday night, Friday morning when that show drops as well. But until next time, he's Josh Helmer of 94.7, The Ref in Norman, where you can hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon. I'm John Williams of Sooners Wire. You can read my work over there covering the Oklahoma Sooners every single day. We'll catch you then. Have a great night. Boomer Sooner.